This, the Chad and Cheese podcast brought to you in partnership with TA Tech. TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Visit tatech.org. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All right. Welcome to 2018, boys and girls. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Show, HR's most dangerous podcast. I'm Joel Cheeseman. I'm Chad Selwash. On this exclusive episode for Next, in association with TA Tech, we welcome industry veteran Tim Sackett to the show. Tim Sackett. Sackman. <laughs> Tim Sackett. Uh, we're going to discuss predictions for 2018. Yep. It certainly promises to be our ballsiest show ever. <laughs> with way more talking about football than necessary. So let's get to it and welcome our guest, Tim Sackett. Yeah. Tim, thanks for joining the show. Hey, guys. Yeah, just got off of like a, my couch watching football for like 15 straight hours yesterday, which <laughs> literally started off with a, with a great Does game. Does your ass have barnacles on it? Oh, Jesus. I'm, I bet, you know, what's the over-under on the amount of weight you guys put on over the holidays? Because it's completely ridiculous. I don't even want to talk about it. Shut up, Joel, shut Joel's got, Joel, Joel, actually, the only thing he got in his stocking was laxative, so we can take care of it. Yeah, I, I, I get a whole wardrobe that's his size up because everyone knows I'm going to gain that much weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah so so yeah no i'm sitting here wearing scarlet and gray as per usual right and after a big kick-ass nice. uh win over usc which we called we knew they were going to beat them um but the big 10 who just dominates all the freaking bowl games cover pretty much most of the spread on all the games um and then you've got that stupid, seven and one yeah two, that team up north couldn't close it out <laughs> way to go harbaugh <laughs> Most overrated coach of all time, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. I know. I loved it in the press conference yesterday. They actually asked him if uh, this was his last game coaching. <laughs> <laughs> what was his answer? Did he bring up the heated up oatmeal again? No, he just is like, no. <laughs> Next question. He's going to be in Chicago. <laughs> He's never finished greater than third in the Big Ten in his division. Well, we also saw kind of like a, a pre look at the next uh, Browns quarterback, right? <laughs> yeah. Which by the way, my first prediction is the Browns will do better next year oh, than they did this yeah, year. That's going out on a limb there. That's that's one win, by the way, yeah. for those of you not non-football fans out there. Are they going to go for the USC quarterback though or the Oklahoma quarterback? Cuz the USC quarterback looked awful. They, well, see, here's what they here's what'll happen though. Yeah, I I really think that you're right, but he was playing the best defense in the nation. So he he was going to look awful. Uh, Besides Alabama? Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) But when it comes down to it, they'll probably go with Baker Mayfield because he's more of a Johnny Manziel-ish kind of cat. And for some reason, they want to sell more jerseys in one season than actually have uh, a whole decade worth of prospective winning. Wins. I think if Mayfield had won yesterday and beaten Alabama, there might be a chance he gets to be the number one pick. But I don't think that's going to happen, partly because of the Manziel tragedy in Cleveland. I think that 
it's between Rosen and Darnold, um, depending on the if assuming they both come out, Rosen doesn't seem to be that excited to play for Cleveland. No, nobody. Darnold does. probably isn't either, but no. um, I probably lean Darnold just because of he's a bigger kid. Um, he's more of an AFC North Cleveland off the lake winter kind of guy. Um, and then I think <laughs> then I think they pray that the uh, the Colts don't take Saquon Barkley and that he lands to them in four and they have their QB and running back of the future. Barkley Barkley's not going to make it in the NFL. Really? No, he's really? not going to wow. make it in the NFL. <laughs> There's no way he faced he faced an NFL somewhat <laughs> level of defense with the Ohio State Buckeyes and he couldn't get 70 yards. He, he's not going to get 70 yards against the Cleveland Browns, okay? So, no, it's not going to happen. Saquon, he, they played a couple of shitty teams. He rolled up on them. Great for them, but he's not that good. Wow. All right, we've gone through two or three predictions without even getting into the, the, the prediction show. Should we go and should we actually talk recruiting? Yeah. No, that'd be, that'd be great. Or continue with yeah. the football talk. All right. We're going to uh, pass it to our guest because we're just that polite here on Chad and Cheese. Tim, <laughs> we, we, will, we will pass the, uh, the mic to you with your first prediction for 2018. Yeah, I'm going to get crazy and go right out there <laughs> and say sourcing is dead as a people function. Just because the technology is so great now, if you think about a normal sourcing person working in a Fortune whatever company, mm-hmm. like the, the tech can do better than they can right now out of the box. And so, yeah, I'm not talking about like the super geeky like source con, like nerd fest. <laughs> um, you're always going to have 100 people in the, in the world that can probably source better than tech, right? <laughs> but I'm talking about the masses. Like 99% of the people cannot outsource the tech right now. And so for me... This is the start of 2018. Sourcing's dead as a function. And you should just build it into your stack. How do you think that plays into small business? Because there's there's some reports that small businesses are really wanting to embrace automation. I assume that you agree with that. But does it filter the, the, to them next year or does it take longer? Well, I mean, that that becomes then, like, how do you build that into, like, a recruiting platform? So, like, I'm, I'm always amazed. Like, the whole other trend that I see is small businesses actually buying into a full enterprise HCM mm-hmm. suite. So like ultimate or ADP or whoever, you know, are building these things out and the talent side of those are, are crappy. So they're not going to have really good sourcing tech in those things for probably three or four more years. So I wouldn't, that's well, a, that's for, tough. For small business. And I think you guys have already overlooked somebody that's out there who's already doing this for small business zip recruiter. How do you think they actually push all the candidates to these single jobs for mom and pops? And they've started out on the small business side, just posting jobs. So they're already doing this and they're doing it incredibly well. I just, maybe they're just not promoting it as that's what's happening, but that's exactly why the the candidates are making it into those requisitions so damn fast. It's machine learning. It's the Google adoption that they've been able to, to, to play as well on, on, on the job search side mm-hmm. of the house. So this is already happening. By the way, there's a ZipRecruiter ad playing right now on my TV, just so prevalent in this conversation. Dude, they're listening. You know what's funny? Is I, I, did, I did talk with the ZipRecruiter folks out uh-huh. at HR Tech, and they are they, they really, it, it is that they don't, they're like, they could care less about what we think as like industry pundit kind of folks. No, they care what we, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> show, they listen to this shit, 
We get calls, <laughs> emails. They love our stuff. So you maybe not. No, but they really haven't reached out in a big way to yeah. like the industry to say, hey, here's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Talk about us. And so that, I think they're behind. They're behind a little bit in that. And I, you know, I think in 2018 we'll see them come out more. But like they just they they get it. They get the small business side. They get the marketing side. They're on every freaking TV show. They're on every radio station. And they're just going like, hey, how do we? go out to a super unsophisticated mm-hmm. buyer and like, well, put TV commercials on. They still work for idiots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they figured that out. Like they're smart. Like they know how to make money. So, And I think one of the reasons why we haven't heard of them, heard about them as much on the pundit side of the house is because they've had their heads down. They've been doing work. Yeah. Tim, do you have any thoughts on their uh, acquisition of jobboard.io? See, Chad, I said it right. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> or, or no opinion whatsoever. No opinion whatsoever. Okay, good. That's good enough for me. Um, should we should we move on? Because we have a few predictions. Yeah. We have live chat. Chad, you're up. I'm gonna roll right in. I'm gonna I'm gonna right on top of what Tim said. I agree. 100 sourcing um, is definitely something that is going to go away. But this is what we're gonna see. AI overall is start is going to start to aggressively be replacing sourcing and other recruiting tasks. So on today's world, where we don't really understand what AI is, right? We have to break it down into keep it simple, stupid terms and something that recruiters will actually push for. So sourcing obviously is one piece, throw a rec in, pulls, pulls uh, great candidates out, scheduling, engagement with chatbots. And you have to remember, this is not just about the technology itself. It's all about process and thinking about the day-to-day that a recruiter has, all those small tasks that you can give a ton of time back to them so that they can actually get hires into obviously the pipe. They could just do their, they can do their job so much faster. Plus the most important word company should be focused on on 2018 is engagement. If you give the recruiters time back, they can be better brand ambassadors for your organization uh, as opposed to just doing these menial tasks, these administrative tasks. And then with products like Crowded, uh, refresh, then the, the the whole goldmine aspect of your applicant tracking system starts to come to fruition. You have all that talent that's out there. AI jumps into it, refreshes that that talent, starts to bring back talent that you you've you've paid money for already. So I think AI beyond sourcing becomes something that is that is more embraced because we can take a look at these little tasks and it just makes sense. So keep it simple, stupid for the talent acquisition side of the house and for the rest of us human beings who, who like things simple. And, uh, and it's not just about sourcing. It's about engagement. It's about scheduling, all those things. You know what all of this is about? It's about talent acquisition leaders not being able to performance manage. And that's why AI will actually take a foothold is because you can't get your recruiter to make a freaking phone call yeah. or to make a reach out or to follow up with somebody to schedule an interview on a timely basis. Isn't that sad? And the technology can do it. So, I mean, I mean, ultimately, that's what it is, right? Yeah. And so it's like performance management becomes important again. Like that's the trend, you know? Yeah. And so to do that, we're just going to use technology because we're yeah. unwilling to ask somebody to actually do the job they're being paid to do. Well, and they can do it quicker and they can do it more efficient. Period. I mean, if I want to go, if I want somebody to go search a resume database, my applicant tracking system and five of the resume databases to match to this requisition that I, I just posted to our website or through our applicant tracking system, um, I can have technology do that in seconds where it's going to take a recruiter hours, easily hours to be able to do that. So yeah, I agree. But also if you want them to make those calls, um, right now they're bitching because they have all these administrative tasks, which I understand, right? But still, give them time back 
And then there's no excuse. There are calls that need to be made. You should be making X amount of calls today. And you're right. Performance is everything. Uh, here's here's my question for either uh, either or both of you. Um, how far does AI take take a candidate or a group of candidates down the funnel? Like at what point does a human being actually have to be involved? Is it like the sourcing goes to pre-screening and then once they're pre-screened, then a human? Or do you think that the actual interview can be done and scheduled through AI? Like how deep does this go in the funnel? I think it's dependent upon the position. Yes. I mean, I think there's certain levels of position that they expect a human to be involved. And, you know, maybe that's a white collar tech, whatever, you know, doctor. But then there's a lot of blue collar service level jobs that I would say you could take that all the way through the interview process um, and potentially to offer. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that we're expecting our, our expectations are much different today than they were just two years ago. So I think if we receive and we can do things via our mobile device um, and we can start to go through the actual process of setting up an interview and so on and so forth, there's a, there's a chat bot or a text bot that comes back and starts to help us make sure that we can get that scheduled. Then we can do the interview, whether it's via just uh, the telephone or it's like a higher view system, a video system. I think you can take it all the way through to that point. The thing is, I really believe prediction for, for 2018 that goes along with this is that recruiters are going to have to be more brand ambassadors than they ever were before. They're really going to have to focus on brand and companies are going to have to make sure that they focus on brand and the experience that that candidate has happened because those candidates are customers and they are actual dollars, not just in the sense of it, you paid money to get them in the first place, but also they are money down the line with regard to products and services. So how long before the robots just interview the robots and hire the robots and we can just like put on our VR systems and play video games all day? Well, that sounds like fun. Is that our 2019 prediction show? <laughs> it probably is. Love it. Love it. All right. Can I go now? No. No. Damn it. Do it. All right. Uh, I, I'm keeping my first one pretty simple. Um, I think Glassdoor goes public. Why do I think that? They've gotten 200 some million dollars in funding. No one gets 200 million dollars in funding if there's not an expectation of a big payout. In this case, in the 1.5 to 2 billion kind of payout kind of thing, I think the uh, they're getting a lot of pressure in terms of LinkedIn potentially getting into the review game. I think Google will potentially get into this, if, even if it's just an aggregation play. Uh, I also think players like blind are sort of knocking on the door. And I think 2018 is probably the perfect storm for Glassdoor to finally go public. I'll go a step further and say that it is a moderately successful IPO, primarily because the economy is good and people are looking for an employment play. But yeah, my, my prediction number one is Glassdoor goes public finally. Yeah. I don't think that's much of a stretch to be quite frank. I think you're right. I think you're right, but I think it's, it's, all the all the indicators are there, and the, the big question I think up until now has been the legal battles that they've been fighting. I think that that's a that's something that has been a challenge to go public because they have to sort of disclose that and talk about it, and I don't think they want to necessarily. And it could be a deterrent from people investing, thinking that there's a big legal battle or challenge to their right. business. But yeah, I think I just think they they can't not go public because of the money that they've gotten. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. By the way, our buddies Indeed, when I researched this, uh, Indeed's on the on the hook for five million investment <laughs> versus the two hundred on uh, Glassdoor. So take that for what you will. But Indeed is clearly a little bit more efficient with the uh, the dollars than Glassdoor. Yes, very much so. Very much so. So one prediction. It's not just quick. It's next. It's next. <laughs> it's, yes. It's, it's next. Um, we're gonna make a quick 
prediction and also the Chad and Cheese podcast will be making a 2018 resolution for all of you talent acquisition types out there. So in 2018, everyone will be adopting mobile and text recruit. And the big question, Joel, is why text recruiting? Chad, did you know that text has an average 97% open rate? That's ridiculous. The average response time for the first hour is 15%. Now you can't get that on email, just so you know. Not even in mail on LinkedIn. Well, let's face it. You can't get that on a phone call, for goodness sakes. Emails, they're not going to be able to give you that kind of response. So talent acquisition leaders know that is awesome penetration and engagement. Yeah. By the way, Tim, I wish I wish you'd call me back. 100% rate of like getting engaged is a punch in the face. Oh, that's a good one. I'm still waiting for Tim to call me back um, <laughs> last year. Uh, also, Chad, don't you want all of your recruiters in the same system? Yeah. Of course you do. Imagine trying to manage 20 different Google Voice accounts that your recruiters are using for texting. Uh, that shit is scary and not even practical, especially when this is your lane, you get audited. Yeah. Well, that's why the Chad and Cheese podcast are very big proponents of Next's text to hire platform. That's right, talent acquisition. All of your recruiters can now be in the same system and Text to Hire can help you and your company have more one-on-one -on -one conversations with candidates you want to reach out to. Instant communication puts you in front of the right people fast and a smart, simple interface to easily manage and track your campaigns. And you can try your first Text to Hire campaign for 25%. Am I reading this right? 25% off? That's insane. What? Uh, it's a 2018 resolution gift from Chad and Cheese. Just go to chadcheese.com and click on the next logo in the sponsor area or go to next, N-E-X-X-T.com, C-H-A-D-A-N-D-C-H-E-E-25, next.com slash Chad and Cheese 25 uh, to get your discount now and get with 2018 and start texting your candidates instead of calling them on the phone. In your thoughts, Tim, on text recruiting? Oh, it's, I mean, it's changed our business completely. I, um, I mean, it's crazy to me when I talk to town acquisition leaders and then they'll say, well, you know, our recruiters are using their personal phones to do that. And I'm thinking you're losing so much data that just you'll never get back. And so it's crazy that you would ever even let that happen. But even then, like, just the just the, just the response rate alone, and how fast things have to mm -hmm. be filled, um, is, is crazy to me that people aren't using this across the well, board. And think of the liability. And okay, I'm gonna get, get put my corporate hat on. Think of the liability your dumbass is putting out there. <laughs> the the risk you're allowing your recruiters to actually use their own phones to do this stuff. You you don't know what they're saying. You don't know how it's been. I mean. You have to pull everything together to ensure that everything is being boarded and reported on just in case our lovely OFCCP jumps in and says, how are you actually engaging these candidates? You can't do that in the current systems or lack of systems that you have today, which is one of the reasons why this is important. Screw the liability. What about just the ability to <laughs> go back out there <laughs> and say, hey, I'm, I'm texting a candidate. They're like, hey, I'm not interested, but if you ever have anything in Austin, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Yeah. That, recru that recruiter forgets about that conversation forever. And then all of a sudden, three months later, you have a position in Austin, you can't remember where they're at. If you have this stuff, all of this data in one location, that's going to be searchable, taggable. Like you can, be, you, can, you can actually take advantage of all that information you're yeah, getting. Yeah, Tim just went rogue. He said, screw the liability. <laughs> screw the liability. <laughs>
Screw you and your liability. <laughs> now we have to wake Joel up from his nap because this is all. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. High level stuff. Were we talking about uh, compliance again? Oh. No, this is uh, this is this Brutal. is generally just uh, corporate risk mitigation. It's it's yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my notes say that I actually have the next prediction. Is yeah. that correct? That is correct. Maybe the only thing that wakes me up from talking about compliance. Um, I'll go a little more off off the off the uh, reservation on this one. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to predict that Amazon gets into the enterprise workforce area uh, and they make a big splash doing that by buying Slack Ooh. in 2018. Ooh. I think they back up. I think Bezos backs up the Brinks truck, uh, buys Slack, and Amazon becomes a real player in employment. So what was the last valuation on Slack? I can't remember. It was so high. I, I mean, it just, it, it, it blew my 5. mind. 5.1 billion, I believe. Billion. Billion. Which, by the way, is like Monster and Career Builder and Dice times two. <laughs> times two. So, but Joel, the question is, is like, so how, but how are they going to use Slack to get into the, you know, the workforce space? So they already have Amazon web services, right? They already have cloud play. Mm -hmm. um, I think Alexa mm -hmm. comes in there somewhere. I think Bezos is looking at LinkedIn getting bought by 26.1 billion. Uh, by, by the way, the company that's in his backyard in Seattle called Microsoft. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's saying, how do I get into this business? Um, and I don't think it makes sense to launch like Amazon classifieds or Amazon uh, workforce messaging or anything like that. I think with Slack, he can probably get a few thousand enterprise customers immediately thinking about Amazon as mm -hmm. a as a workforce solution. Um, and he can and then he can use Slack to start integrating things around web services and cloud. Maybe there's another acquisition plan there somewhere. Um, but I just think I think Bezos's ego is such that he can't sit there and watch Microsoft get into this, watch Google get into this and watch Facebook get into this without getting into it. And I think Slack is sort of the easiest, biggest splash that he can make um, by getting by getting into the space quickly and in a big way. Think of the data play, though, right? We're always talking about these are data companies. And to be able to actually apply yeah. AI and machine learning and all this other fun shit that we talk about all the time, you need the data. You need all those data points. Slack has so much data content, right, to be able to help your organization mm -hmm. um, and to be able to have a, a, a company like Amazon to be able to crunch on that. It, I mean, I just can't believe they haven't been bought yet. That's that's the thing that's blowing my mind. There's also an advertising play. Like we don't talk about Amazon very much as an advertising uh, platform because Facebook and Google are so prevalent in that. But mm -hmm. I think that if we were making marketing predictions, uh, one of my predictions would be that we start talking about Amazon as a legitimate advertising platform in the same way that we do Google and Facebook. Uh -huh. And Slack is a way to get ads in front of people. Yeah. I'm wondering if our buying behavior gives away to who, what we do as a career, right? Probably in a lot of ways. Yeah. So they would also have that data to be able to say, hey, by the way, here's a, an entire 1 million nurses that you can now advertise to in terms of your jobs or whatever. Like, you know, they would, that stuff come, comes out in our buying behavior. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of, try to get an ad in front of Joel, all you have to do is is use the retargeting for neck pillows. <laughs> Actually, squatty potty would be uh, a better, a better plan to get your ad in front of me. 
or maybe that that fryer that has no fry oil. Oh, that might, yeah, that yeah, might the air, the the air, air fryer. Yeah, the air fryer. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one too. All right, so my turn. This is going to be a change of pace. You're going to enjoy this. Um, this year, 2018. Hey, F you, by the way. Change of pace. You're going to enjoy this right after my prediction. <laughs> F you. So you, Dick. What? Oh, after Joel's dumbass prediction, here's one you're going to enjoy. Uh, yeah, I didn't have to say that out loud, but since you did. Um, career builder and monster start surging back. And both, <laughs> and you might laugh. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> This is 2000, 2001 trends, by the way. <laughs> so change is good for both of these brands. I mean, Career Builder was acquired um, this, well, 2017 by Apollo. And that organization, from what I'm hearing, is actually forcing Career Builder to focus on themselves. Career Builder currently has over 70 products in their portfolio. You guys know that? 70 products. So uh, Apollo smartly wants to focus on those products before peddling other products. And if you think about it- three of them. It it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, you you can't because they they change the names every three months. Well, that's the problem, right? So, okay, so here's the thing. This is is the thing that CareerBuilder needs to get right, which they're going to get right this year. Packaging and messaging. If they can do that- they can focus on making 100% of the money instead of having to go out to partners all the time and just meet, making fractions of that or percentages of it, right? I really believe that CareerBuilder, they, they have the products, the product sets, the, all there. The two things that they've done incredibly bad over the years, packaging, messaging, that's what they've done bad. Now, the next big one, and this is a harder one to swallow, but yet, listen to me. Yeah. Monster is an entirely different story. Uh, it was bought by Ronstad, which we all know is like the number two uh, staffing contingent globally. <laughs> out of the gate, I mean, they, they, they felt- That screams innovation. So anyway, <laughs> out of the gate- Keep, keep digging, so wash. We saw, we saw Monster fall flat on their face with an expensively produced commercial featuring a, featuring a purple monster, which was really just a Bugs Bunny- rip off. But anyway, what Monster's doing now and what we've seen from a from a actual talent kind of move is they are doing a ton and they're very top heavy on the products side of the house. So what that's telling me and what I'm hearing is that they are develop they're putting a lot of time into taking a look at everything that they have in their portfolio, much like Career Builder, to be able to turn around products that are simple. And you guys have to remember, they're not going after Google. They're not going after Microsoft and Facebook. They are trying to win back their share from Indeed. And Indeed right now is is struggling, um, not from a revenue standpoint, but they're struggling from a long-term trajectory standpoint. These guys actually have products within their portfolios that Indeed cannot match. They will have to acquire or build to be able to keep up with these guys. So I think 2018 is the year we start to see a surge from Career Builder and Monster. It's a boomerang. So what I hear, Chad, is that you think Monster's coming back with that Super Bowl commercial in February? <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> saying that they're going to have kids on the Super Bowl commercial. They should, though, because that was a hell of a commercial. Um, but no. I don't even know where to begin. Um, Career Builder, I can buy. Like, I think there are some serious uh, changes going on at Career Builder and... Um, We'll see how that plays out, but like monster, 
is woo. That's a stretch. I mean, I, and and I um, so I, I did a post last week, end of uh, end of last week, about a new partnership that Monster is announcing with uh, Text Recruit. By the way, talking about texting, um, but in in doing that blog, I went back and I looked at Monster's press page mm-hmm. on their site, yeah. and it is it is a ghost town. Like they yeah. have done nothing <laughs> in terms of new features, yeah. launching new products, uh, partnering with people, acquiring people. Like they've done jack. So the floor is pretty low. Yes. Um, and they have room to grow into doing something. And at this point, it looks like maybe partnering with people is is going to achieve that because back in the day they would they would build stuff and buy people. If you remember, be known and uh, Trovix and. Uh, talent then so that's a real stretch to me in monster but we'll we'll see what happens any thoughts on that tim i i'm a, I'm a cb shop and we've used them and I, in fact i've paid to use cb for like 15 straight years right in my own shop um and the one thing that they just step on continue to trip themselves up is they can't come up with what the name of a product is and stay with it for a year like it's every quarter they're coming out with a new package, a new this, and they have great sales teams. Like they, I mean, that's like the used car sales force of, you know, the HCM world is, is career builder. And I, and I talk, I'll tell, I'll tell them this and we kind of make fun of it. But the reality, uh, the reality is, is like, it's insane to me that, um, that they can't figure that side of it out. So we'll see. I don't, I don't, They've been trying to figure this out for three years, and they they can't. So we'll see what happens. See, and here's the thing: I don't I don't really think they have focused on these two areas, packaging and messaging. And we're talking about messaging. Obviously, it's marketing and it's sales as well. Those those two have to be conjoined at the hip. I believe with Apollo and the focus that they've really been hammering the staff with is that that's what's going to happen. So. Uh, it, it, if it happens now, I think they have a chance. If they wait another 12 to 18 months, I think they're dead in the water. But I think they'll do it now. We shall see. Tim, you're next, dude. All right. So I'm going to actually uh, do something real that everybody can use out there that's listening Ouch. versus what you guys do. <laughs> oh, um, <damn. laughs> no, so this is like super old school. But like employer for automation, I'm such a huge fan of. And I'm always shocked. You know, like Jobbyte launched this like six or seven years ago, and then you know, Roll Points come in. Teamable was launched last year, and they're probably employee referral automation 2.0. But for me, it has like the biggest ROI of any kind of tech you could actually get within TA Tech, um, and yet it still has a pretty low adoption rate. So I, in 2018, I finally believe that this is going to start to get legs and everyone's going to take advantage. You really think? I mean, it, this has to be a really keep it simple, stupid type of platform. I mean, it does. It yeah. has to be. So do yeah. you really think that it's time that talent acquisition gives this enough, they, they give it enough space to be able to understand it? Because it just, from from what I've learned over the years is that it's been way too complex. It's not a one, two, three, boom, you're done kind of scenario. Yeah. I mean, I think the new stuff is, I think when you take a look at some of the newer platforms that are out there, um, it's become a lot easier. And then the other piece of it is they finally learn, like if I'm going to get an employee, uh, employee referral, mm-hmm. like I don't want the, my crappy employees to give me referrals. Yeah. I want my best employees. Or if I need more diversity hires or I need more women or I need whatever, like now you can segment out those um, and say, hey, I'm only going to say my top performers are only going to be the ones that I allow to refer or that, that I send this automation to. And so to me, it just makes more sense on how it's being used. Mm-hmm. But I always talk to every TA leader and I'll say, well, what's your number one source of hire? 
And it's like Indeed or – but within the top three, it's always employee referrals. And then we'll go, okay, what's your number one quality of hire? And, and across the board, number one is always employee referrals. And then I'll go, okay, well, how much money are you spending on employee referrals in, in actual tech, not giving out bonuses for someone who will refer somebody? And it's always zero dollars. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, well, talk to, talk to me then about like your LinkedIn spend. And they'll be like, oh, that's our number one spend. And it's our number seven source of hire. Like, well, what the hell are you doing? Like, and they, it, it hits them in the face like really quick. And they're like, oh my gosh, like we're stupid, right? And like, yeah, like spend 25 or 30 grand and actually, mm. you know, put this in play. It'll pay for itself within like the first 15 seconds, you know. So we've talked historically about players in this space like H3, even Jobster, a few others that, you know, this on paper, this makes total sense, right? Put a job up, make it like an affiliate thing, refer someone you know, if we hire them, we'll pay you a bunch of money. But none of those models work. They've never worked. Like, why do you think historically this this has just been a, a failed experiment with referrals? I, for one is I just don't, it's, it's the entire in, um, employee referral automation program has always failed across the board, right? And, and every corporation, and it's because it just doesn't have. There's no. It doesn't have legs. It doesn't have anybody there that's pushing this stuff out on a daily basis, on a minute basis, where it's one click and go. Um, it, it probably wasn't mobile. It just what you know. It just it, it made. It, there's too many steps. Like you know, like we talked about in terms of getting these things all, all aligned. And I think they figured that out over the last six years. I think it's just gotten better and better and better to the point now where if I'm running a TA shop, I can just keep. Like literally, it's like a marketing machine. It's like almost like CRM for, for your own employees to be able to continue to shove this stuff down their throats. And you know, you do enough of it, and little by little, you're going to get more and more referrals. The companies that are using it and actually doing it really well, it, it comes back. They're showing like a twenty percent increase in employee referral hires the next year, and that in itself, you know, easily pays for whatever you know investment you're going to make. Um, and it continues to go down. I just think it's. You know, the technology has gotten to the point, and I think that mm-hmm. probably people are more comfortable now actually engaging their social networks. Um, before, we always had this life, right? When we first started, when Jobvite first came out with this, people were still like, uh, like Facebook is Facebook, and I'll never right. talk about work on Facebook. Like, it's my personal Facebook. In fact, we had people, like recruiters would have two Facebook profiles. <laughs> they would have like, you know, Tim, you know, Google, mm-hmm. you know, recruiter, and then they would have Tim Sackett. And now they figured that out. It was like, no, just live one life. And so I think we've gotten more comfortable to say, hey, I'm going to have one yeah. social kind of footprint, and I'm going to like you know do personal stuff Tra- there. Transparency, and do, you know, transparency. Stuff. Not to not to mention, I think a lot of it has to do with timing. Is the market ready for it? And then execution on top of that. So remember back in the day before Facebook and and many of these these big social networks that we use today, the LinkedIn's of the world, Jeff Taylor and Monster came out with Monster Networking. It, it, the execution was horrible. The idea concept was great and the timing sucked, right? I think now is the perfect time. Obviously, we've seen that it's the perfect time for some of those to, to obviously flourish. The question is, uh, at this level, once again, you have to make it keep it simple, stupid type of scenario. It has to be part of your lifestyle where it's a, a behavior. Uh, and the big question is, can they make it part of that? I'm skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's why it's a prediction. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hopeful that you know people will take advantage of the tech and you know, use it, use it for good. Well, and, and I have to applaud you for not making easy predictions like Glassdoor is going to get bought. I mean, <laughs> Or monster is going to come back. That's a hard one, man. (laughs) 
my notes say Chad is next. Is that right? Yes. All right. Here's another big one, guys. Again, another big one. The ATS is going to make a comeback. No, no, no. Why does Chad? Why does Chad keep making like 2003 predictions? Like, well, it has to make a comeback. There's this boomerang effect. Not to mention, you've got to remember that you cannot live without it. If you're a major Fortune 500 company or a federal contractor, literally, you'll get fined into oblivion. And ATS is your system of record. Not to mention, with companies like Crowded.com, the ATS will become an actual resource where over the years it hasn't. Applicant tracking systems have had shitty search. They've had shitty experience. uh, And with all of these different organizations like Jibe that are providing a better kind of uh, experience for the job seeker, not to mention uh, applicant tracking systems now being able to use the uh, Google API search. Now you've got more, more of an opportunity to really get a good experience and then start to utilize those candidates as they they come in. They don't go into a black hole anymore. You've got the crowds of the world that are helping these applicant tracking systems actually become useful. So yes, when they came out of the box, they were tracking systems. They weren't meant to be used for what we're trying to use them for today. Um, With all these different, I guess you could say, new appendages that they could kind of pop on, like the crowds of the world, the jibes, uh, the Google APIs, so on and so forth. Uh, the applicant tracking system will once again, and it will continue to be the hub for where where everything happens. So is it your opinion that ATSs are currently dead? Because it must be if you think they're going to come back. No, I think that they're, they were on really just a steady decline from the standpoint of uh, really the perception of the market. And you see posts out there all over the place why you don't need an applicant tracking system anymore. And it's all bullshit, man. You need an applicant tracking system. You need the recording. You need the reporting. But what you also need is you need better experience and you need better technology to access some of these things. Again, the applicant tracking system wasn't built for much of what we ask it to do today. So these different technologies will help it come back. So whether you see an ISIMS, uh, where they've got like a hub strategy where they partner with companies to actually do this or um, other applicant tracking systems that might actually go out and develop and or acquire. So tons of merger, mergers and acquisitions. Do you, do you think there'll be fewer ATSs a year from now? Yes. Okay. I can agree with that. I think the, I think AT, I think the technology is getting commoditized, and I think a lot of players are going to go away. Yeah, and you have to take a look at the level, though, right? So Google Hire and and Jazz HR and some of these small business applicant tracking systems—that's an entirely different discussion versus the uh, the 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 higher end, the Fortune 500 side. Well, we continue to see more and more of that of the ATS space being taken up by HCM ta- talent platforms. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Workday is growing like crazy. Shouldn't yeah, Ultimates is growing like crazy shouldn't i mean but th- so we see more and more of those customers being like you know their ats are getting kicked to the side because it's telling them mm-hmm. hey you have to use now full module you know um so that's 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 concerning i think across that's a trend that we haven't talked about that i think is super concerning because we're basically asking talent acquisition leaders to take a step back like two three to five years in terms of potential yeah. technology yes. they could use um yeah. on the hcm standpoint but I do think I think for me the ATS isn't coming back. It's growing up. It's turning into a recruiting platform end to end, right? I like that the recruitment it grows up. It, it, and here's the thing: it, talent acquisition has to they have to act more and focus on the dollars and cents, 
not just the budgets that you're given every year, but what that actually means in return to the organization, not just in candidates and production and, and retention, right? Because those are business numbers that you can actually use, but also the types of candidates that you're touching, which are customers and how you're engaging them to prospectively embrace your brand and buy your products. And I think becoming a platform is going to be paramount for these guys, you know, becoming an app store for all these startups and tech companies that are coming along. Like the one with the biggest app store is probably going to win. Yeah. I'm next with two X's. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think, I think voice assistants, Alexa, Siri, Google, Cortana, whoever, uh, will finally become a thing in employment in 2018 um i to me there's no reason why i can't be watching tv see uh, an apple ad an ibm ad a ge whatever and not be able to say hey siri alexa send my resume to general electric and it does it i agree and on top of that say mobile is going to be the, the the big help to this because we're so used to right now using our mobile phones, asking our mobile phones for navigation advice, restaurants near me, that kind of shit, right? So being able to now start to push these devices, like I have a Google Home, I think you have a Google Home in our homes, I mean, and start to use that against my Chromecast and ask to watch something on Netflix, as it starts to become a part of behavior. And that's what this all has to come down to, guys. It has to break down into an everyday part of your behavior and asking not just your phone, but your device, your home advice to, to do simple tasks for you. So I, I, I do agree. I think the gateway to that is, is our mobile phone because we start using more voice on the mobile phone. I can definitely see a hiring manager at some point in the future going, hey, Siri, I need a front end developer. And then that's it. And Siri takes off, right? And comes back and says, hey, I found Joel and Joel's interested in interviewing next week on Thursday at 5 p.m. or whatever. Like, I mean, are we that far away from getting to that point where that's going to be voice enabled? And at that point, you know, now then that's my 2020 prediction. Recruiting's dead because, you know, Siri's taking Ooh, over. You heard it here first, everybody. That's what we do here on Chad and Cheese, man. We go way beyond. No, I like that. All right. All right. So we started with Tim. We're polite like that. We're we're going to end with Tim. Cool. So I'm going to think in 2018, you will be hiring somebody that you traditionally hire with a college degree that doesn't have a college degree. That's just pragmatic because we're at like, what, 3.9% unemployment. Thank you, Trump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But the reality is, is I think I, I'm hoping that at this point, I mean, we know we're going to do it just because we have less options because now, you know, we have low unemployment and, but I'm hoping that as unemployment, you know, starts to balloon up again, which it will, it's, it's cyclical mm -hmm. like everything else that eventually we'll, we'll learn from this and say, you know what, um, hiring somebody with a degree has no correlation to quality of hire. Like, so, I mean, we need so, to, we need to decouple those two things. I think we're getting smart enough with data to be actually, you know, be able to prove and show that. So the, the big question is why did we start slapping fucking college degrees on all these goddamn jobs in the first place? Cause we're lazy. It was an easy way to, to filter people out. Exactly. You're like, Oh my God, 
I'm going to put a, put a thing out there for a recruiter. Oh, by the way, you have to have a bachelor's degree in HR to be a recruiter. Like it makes no sense exactly. or any kind of bachelor's degree. Exactly. But I didn't want to, de- I didn't want to deal with 5,000 applications. I want to deal with 500 instead. Like it's stupid. Exactly. Exactly. So what we've done is the ebbs and flows of the year, uh, where we, we see that we're getting this huge amount of candidates that are coming through and we're getting pummeled by candidates. What do we do? Instead of actually finding ways to find the best types of people, we start slapping um, requirements onto a job that shouldn't be a requirement on the job. And then when the market shifts, we don't shift and we don't strip that out. It just stays on there. Mm-hmm. It stays on there. And then we start throwing our hands up and saying, we can't find people because they're not qualified. No asshole. They were qualified in the first place. They were qualified in the first place, but you're dumbass through these stupid requirements on there. And now all these great people, this great talent that could be doing this job um, are being filtered out. And I, I think, you know, we all have kids in various ages and I forget the exact numbers, but it's something like, you know, 50% of the jobs uh, that our kids will have don't even exist yet. And 50% of the current jobs that exist won't be around, you know, when our kids grow up or, I know your kid's older, Tim, but I mean, the, 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 yeah. the, the environment is such that we're hiring for jobs that you can't even have a college degree for it. Yeah. I mean, when I was doing, you know, when I was doing SEO 10 years ago, there was no SEO degree. There was no master's in search engine optimization. Yeah. So I agree with that. And a little side note, um, I did some traveling over the holidays and uh, drove by uh, my sister's small town, Indiana high school. And there was literally uh, like their shop class was sponsored by Auto Bytel or Auto uh, Auto Zone. I think it was Auto Zone. So, mm-hmm. like companies are getting better at integrating with school systems to teach people, yeah. so they can just come right out of high school and start working in in a field that they want to work in, uh, which I think never has really happened before because we've gotten away from that shop class kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you take a look at so carpenters, electricians, those types of things, when I went to high school, I went to what they call a comprehensive high school, which had a, a vocational wing, I guess you could say. A whole- you learn nothing, <laughs> by the way. I didn't take that route. I probably should have. But being able to actually put coding into that and to be able to, and, and that should be sponsored by, as you'd said, the companies that are there local. And that's what happened with the, the auto body and the carpenters and so on and so forth, the unions. They knew exactly where their talent was coming from. Companies are getting fat and lazy once again, as we talked about with uh, with filtering. In this case, they're waiting for the universities, the systems, government to send them perfect candidates. Hey, guys, that's not going to happen. It's your job. You know what you want. Get out there and actually create programs that drive specific talent into the jobs that you know you're going to need now and in the future. Grow them. Well, it is, the it, is, it, is leading, it is leading companies to kind of come up with a new apprenticeship kind of program as well. And I'm, we, we always think of apprenticeships as like carpenters, electricians, plumbers. Yeah. But we're yeah. going to start to see those in business analyst role and, you know, a nursing role, whatever. Like you're going to see apprenticeships programs happening across the board in roles that we mm-hmm. never even thought of. Because, yeah. again, you don't need a four-year degree to do this, but you need somebody yeah. to show you how the hell to do it, right? It's like social media, right? If somebody wants to be, if they want to, if they want to get into a social media marketing type of background, right? And they focused on different business aspects. They, I mean, they might've gone to college later, but they, they knew that there are certain aspects that they could actually do and perform without a college degree. So, I mean, those are the different things that you can do to be able to prospectively propel them into jobs. And then later, if they choose to go after a degree, they choose to go after a degree, depending on what the career path they want to take. 
I had to do it, Chad. I'm sorry. Damn it! I couldn't go a whole show without the bell. <laughs> and we're we're literally closing in on an hour, which I'm sure is destroying our uh, listenership as we speak. Everybody. <laughs> Any predictions we want to throw in before we uh, end the show? Uh, global warming got uh, solved by Trump because it's minus four in Michigan right now. <laughs> the Chad and Cheat podcast gets canceled for uh, language or content or just sucking. Yeah, none, none of that's going to happen. I'm going to predict. Uh, I'm going to do a, a, a Joel prediction that the Browns will suck next year. They'll, they'll be better, though. Hey, if 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 the if the Niners can turn it around with a, one guy, like it's it is possible. Yeah, but still suck. Uh, but we can all agree that Michigan sucks, right? Yeah. Amen. All right. Harbaugh will use in the Citrus Bowl to North Carolina State. Is that a good prediction <laughs> for 2018? He'll lose to Ball State. <laughs> all right, guys, we out. Have a good year. We out. All right. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show. And check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit HireDaily.com. Oh, and you're welcome. Thanks to our partners at TA Tech, the Association for Talent Acquisition Solutions. Remember to visit TATech.org. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.